Good morning. Welcome to PCC where we are worshiping Jesus Christ, living out the Father God's love and transforming community by the Holy Spirit. I am extremely glad you're here. I'm extremely glad that there's just kind of a roar of community. And I think that's kind of what the church is supposed to be, right? That's at least a little piece of it. Um, what's today's date? The 21st? January 21st. I can't believe that's true. It is true. Um, we got a couple announcements. First one being this Wednesday, we have senior care options. Um, I'll let the office know that you're coming and come learn. Um, what else is happening around here? Per capita Sundays coming up? Or is it today? Today. Today is traditionally per capita Sunday. And hopefully you read in the covenant call all about that. The church office will be closed on Wednesday. I'm going to be out visiting folk. And um, my assistant, my teammate, I believe is recovering um, from something. What else is happening? Annual meeting is next week, right after the service. We've got some food and fellowship after this. The deacons um, brought some wonderful snacks and breakfasting stuff and you'll be hearing from Chris and he'll have a table after the service too. Make sure you um, introduce yourself, make him feel really welcome and learn all you can about Habitat for Humanity. I'm going to ask that uh, Pat Thompson come up here. The Presbytery of Los Ranchos, they honored him and he were under the weather, is that correct? And this was back in 2007. No, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't know when this was. It was actually back in the fall, but you're, I don't even remember what it is, but um, he already knows what it is. It's a glass. Would you join me just in a word of prayer and just put your hand out in this direction? Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, we thank you for this saint, this brother. Um, we thank you for the years of service that he um, served at this outpost and at several other outposts around the country. I praise you for him and his ministry, and we pray that his retirement would be a time of knowing you more richly and your peace more fully. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Right, thank you. Yeah, round of applause for Pat. I'm preaching on two or three verses, so we can stand up and greet each other in the name of the Lord with the holy fist bump. Now that everybody's seated, would you please stand up with me again? Uh, For this morning's call to worship, it comes from... If anybody wants to know, I I use a lectionary text for our call to worship, too. This is the psalm. And if you want to know what the lectionary is, ask me after the service. But just know that there are churches all around the the globe looking at this same text. Um, And it comes from Psalm 62. And the subject heading is confidence in God. My soul, wait thou only upon God. For my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. 
In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. Let's worship the Lord. privilege and the honor to uh, introduce a guest. Um, I got to know him a little bit as he showed up this morning. He was a pastor up in Silicon Valley, Bay Area, and now he's been working for Habitat for the last year, year and a half. I'm going to give him the microphone, give him the, the front, make him feel welcome. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be with you today. Um, as was mentioned, for the past year, I've been the Director of Faith Relations and Fund Development for Habitat OC. Uh, but for 13 years prior to that, I was a pastor in Silicon Valley. Uh, statistically speaking, however, I should be a high school dropout who never went to college. I should have abused drugs and alcohol. I should have ended up in prison. I should have run away from home. And currently, I should be divorced and continue to live in poverty. Now, normally, I like statistics and analytics, but uh, is anyone else thankful that God can overcome probabilities like those? For me, those statistics were all prevented by the grace of God through a church like this and through the investment of Jesus followers like many of you. Prevention, though, kind of by nature, can be something that's difficult to measure because it's something that didn't happen. 
But prevention is part of what we do at Habitat for Humanity. Uh, We are a local affiliate chapter of Habitat for Humanity International. Uh, We were started in 1988, and since then we have built 239 homes for low- and moderate-income families right here in Orange County. And actually we've built 11 homes here in Costa Mesa specifically. The central vision for all that we do is around our belief that everyone deserves a safe and affordable place to live, and that we build strength, security, stability, and self-reliance through shelter. Because just as churches do more than simply prevent painful experiences for people, Habitat OC also proactively makes a difference in people's lives as well. Because building affordable housing prevents families from staying in generational poverty while keeping kids in school, out of dangerous environments, and most importantly, with their families. Our construction pipeline currently includes some larger projects ranging from 6 to 23 units, the latter of which is actually an exciting pilot project with a ground lease on a church property in Anaheim. This partnership will hopefully open up new land opportunities and also serve as a readily utilized template for similar projects to be more efficiently and quickly developed with other faith partners. We're continuing to meet with city and county officials as well as faith leaders, so if any of you have any connections to help us get some more land or opportunities, I'd love to talk to you after the service. Uh, While many people know about what Habitat does and that we are one of the solutions to our housing crisis, there are two common misconceptions that people have about our program. Misconception number one is that we provide housing for people experiencing homelessness. The reality is that we construct housing for first-time homeowners. And while we don't directly provide housing for people experiencing homelessness, we are a crucial and necessary part in helping people who want to take steps from homelessness and towards homeownership. And I would suggest a more important part maybe is that we help people, um, we actually prevent people from entering homelessness in the first place. Misconception number two is that we give homes away for free. Now, wouldn't that be nice? But that's not the reality. The reality is that we reduce the purchase price, mortgage interest rate, and down payment. The homes we build are sold to individuals and families who qualify, and one of those requirements is that families can afford, or have the ability, rather, to pay a mortgage based on 30% of their income, not based on the market rate. Well, you might say, well, how do you do that in Orange County? Well, glad you asked. Um, We partner with banking and financial institutions to help reduce the interest rate, as well as we partner with cities who provide down payment assistance. We also partner with amazing people like many of you who help us reduce the purchase price. Because when you volunteer on the construction site or with any of our Habitat teams, you help lower the cost to build the homes. When you donate cash or stocks or through your employee matching program, those funds help us provide a mortgage, again, to a family based on what they can afford rather than what the market rate actually is. Basically, the gap between the cost to build and what the family can afford is filled by generous faith partners like this church, the Presbytery of Los Ranchos, corporate donors, and again, many of you individually who donate. Um, And once a Habitat home is built, a Habitat home actually stays a Habitat home as families buy from us, and then they sell back to us so that we can keep these homes affordable for future families. Plus, if you don't know, Habitat homeowners actually invest significant time in the construction, the building of their own home before they buy their home. So you might be asking, well, how can someone become a Habitat homeowner? Well, the first step is actually to attend our our online orientation on our website. On our website, you can also find information about the, the qualifications, income limits, learn more about what it means to partner with Habitat, and also what the selection process looks like. 
We also have programs beyond home ownership, including home repair. Uh, we have home repair programs that partner with various city governments to help keep affordable homes affordable by updating or improving safety, addressing needed repairs, as well as painting. We also have a financial literacy program to help people learn how to build credit and to become an informed homeowner before they become a homeowner. Uh, if you or someone you know could benefit from one of our programs, I'd really love to talk to you after the service and hand you a brochure or whatever it might be to help you take a step. Um, beyond that, how can you get involved? Number one, you can pray. Uh, as a pastor for 13 years, I know it's a cliche, but it's also true. Prayer makes a difference, right? Whether that's in the people and the situations that we're praying for, or maybe it's in how we see the people and the situations that we're praying for. So we invite you to pray for the families who need housing in our community. Uh, Pray for the funding necessary to build these homes for these families. Pray for our leaders within Habitat and in the building departments and in the neighborhoods and the government agencies that we're working with. Uh, Number two, volunteer. We have various volunteer opportunities ranging from home construction, but also including our retail restore, our restore... Restore retail store. There we go. Uh, also helping with hospitality on the construction site, uh, working in our office, or taking notes at community meetings. We have lots of volunteer opportunities, and some of them are organized by the Presbyterian Coalition that helps partner with other Presbyterian churches. You can scan the QR code on the screen, or you can also come and find out uh, more about that after the service with me. And then lastly, you can donate. Um, over the years, this church has donated over $15,000 to help us build homes for families in Orange County. Um, Many of you, and that's not including some of you who have donated individually to us directly. So thank you so much for your support. If you'd like to give, you can just note Habitat OC on your check. You can also scan the QR code again on the screen, or you can grab an envelope for me after the service. Um, As I wrap up, real quick, um, one of the things that I always looked for as a pastor when I was speaking is I wanted there to be a step for everyone in the audience to take. And the thing about Habitat is there is a step for everyone to take. Maybe for some of you that's to pray or to donate, or to volunteer, or maybe it's to explore home ownership with us. Either way, thank you so much for preventing kids and families from experiencing the struggle, the stress, and the pain of housing insecurity. Thank you for helping us put hundreds of families into homes and to build generational wealth and provide stable housing for their loved ones. Thank you for helping us build a world where everyone has a safe and affordable place to live. The award for traveling through the most information in the shortest amount of time. If anyone ever gets on your case about picking up the pace, just go to Mr. Habitat for Humanity. That was, that was award winning. Make sure you stop by his table.
I've got nothing to How could I express all my gratitude? I could sing this song as I often do, but every song will fail, and you never do. I know it's not much, 
The steadfast love of our never ceases. And his mercies, they never come to an end. In fact, they are new every morning. How great, how great is our God's faithfulness. So this morning, standing on God's faithfulness, let us confess our sin against God and neighbor. Will you please pray with me? Holy and merciful God, we confess that we try to hide from you. We do not follow your commands. We live for ourselves, and that means apart from you. We turn from our neighbors and refuse to bear the burdens of others. We overlook the people and circumstances right in front of us. Help us, O Lord, to surrender our need for control, our misguided self-sufficiency, and our prideful arrogance. In your great mercy, In your great mercy, Lord, forgive our sins, heal our hearts, and cleanse our souls. Free us, O Lord, from our misguided ways, that we may choose to obey your will for us, to the glory of your kingdom, through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. If we are faithful and just... Excuse me, that's not our part. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just. And he will forgive our sins. And he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. My friends, hear the good news. In Christ Jesus, each one of us, we are forgiven.
beautiful. Four hands it is. That's beautiful. Wow. Um, we're in a sermon series. We're going through 1 Corinthians and titled it Shelter from the Storm. Paul is writing to this church that's in Corinth. Corinth is like um, Vegas on steroids. It's a wild place. It's a wild place. Everything and anything's happening. And um, Paul is calling followers of Christ in from the, the madness, in from the wildness. Do you relate with that? I do too. And that's why I think God has us studying 1 Corinthians. Um, we're doing so. We're, we're going through, through the lectionary text. And um, when I was growing up, um, my brother and I, I have an older brother and a younger brother, and when this would happen, I didn't have a younger brother. My younger brother's 17 years younger, so this was just me and my older brother. We would start a movie, and we'd be watching this movie, and my dad would come home or be outside like mowing the lawn. He would come in, and um, as he'd walk into the room, he noticed that we were watching this movie, and he would say, pause, rewind, and so... Um, that's come to be a joke around our family, even though this was VHS times. Does anybody remember pausing and rewinding? Yeah, okay. Um, there's pluses to going through the lectionary text, and then there are challenges. There are minuses. And one of them is this lectionary text, it drops us in the middle of a conversation. Have you ever entered in a conversation and just been like, what are these people talking about, and then left that conversation? That's the temptation in this text. Um, So I want to give you some background before we read it. Um, Last week, we discovered um, the Corinthian folks were way off as to why God made humans, why we were made. They had all these answers. The culture of Corinth had all these answers that were way, way off. And we learned that through Paul's words, God made us as containers for the Holy Spirit. Right? Is anybody here last week? Okay, perfect. Okay, just still waking up. It is freezing in here. That's how I like it. I'm sorry that if you have to wear coats, just a positive disclaimer. And then we also learned that we were bought at a price. We're made to love as we've been loved, sacrificially, wholly, completely. This chapter, Paul talks to the church in Corinth about sheltering from the storm, and he's redefining stuff. He's saying, like, okay, we're we're not made for this and this. We're actually made for this. And this is what's important. The Corinthian folk were off once again in what's important. There was a growing stress of end times in the culture. And also... um, commentators note that during this time there was a food shortage so there was a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety do you relate with that right there is this there's 
people coming up. This, this, is, this is the end times. We got to be about this. We got to be about that. We got to be about. Um, Paul clarifies for us this morning in these brief few verses what's important. I think that's good. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, starting with verse 29. What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not. Those who mourn as if they did not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep. Those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. For this world, in its present form, is passing away. This is the word of the Lord. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, preach through me. May your words come through. And all God's people said, all right. Starts with time is short. And like I said, this was true on two fronts in Corinth. Um, there was a grain shortage, there was a food shortage. So there was an anxiety about there's not enough food. There was a scarcity model. We're going to run out. And Paul later goes on in the letter to describe the return of Christ. And for us followers of Jesus, time is short. When you were introing the prayer confession, did you feel that pause when she said, God's mercies are new every morning? Think about that for a second. God's mercies are new every morning. He creates new mercies. That's tangential. Time is short, ladies and gentlemen. Time is short. It's coming up on a year ago. We were, actually, yeah, it was about this time last year. We were at session, and we were coming up with the budget for 2023. And I remember Amy saying in our session meeting, this is urgent. What we're doing right here, right here in this church, this is urgent. You're seated in this sanctuary. More importantly, you're a part of this body of Christ. This is the church. The people are the church. That's the huge lesson we learned over COVID, right? Right? Remember, I was standing on the roof. I was just thinking about the update the other day. Last, last year at this time, or maybe two years ago at this time, I was standing on that roof. Remember, it was cold when it was freezing like this. It was freezing up there. Just a heads up. Then we, it was ingrained in us. Look to your right and look to your left. Time is short for us. 
Time is short for us. It's urgent. The time is now. What's important? What's important? I love you (laughs) for not taking that as a rhetorical question. That's right. Everyone in here knows exactly what we're supposed to be doing. Is that true or false? We've had enough training, right? We've had enough. I I think I've mentioned this story before. Um, I was in San Antonio. There's a, a, a missionary who's about to retire. I forget where he was a missionary from. He, he stands up in front of the sanctuary, and he's been allotted 20 minutes for the, the main sermon. And he says, and he reads that verse, the, workers are, uh, the, the, the work is plenty, the workers are few. Um, and he says, we're bottlenecking people. And he walks out of the sanctuary. End of sermon. Picture me doing that. Because that's the urgency that Paul's talking about. That's the urgency in which we shelter from the storm. But as we shelter from the storm, we've been getting these marching orders. And he's just... um, It it reminds me of the uh, amazing coach from Green Bay, Vince Lombardi. Anybody heard that story? They're getting their... Their lunch handed to them. They're losing in a huge, huge way. At halftime, Vince Lombardi says, Don't say a word, everyone. This is a football. And for the whole halftime, I want everyone to remain silent and stare at this ball. At the end of halftime, he says, Go win the game. That's me. That's, that's this call. That's Paul. And then he, he says those, those statements. The, no, this is kingdom, right? Up is down. Down is up. If you think you're supposed to be happy, you're probably supposed to be sad. <laughs> if you think you're supposed to be married, you're not. Or maybe he, Just rattle every cage that you got with this urgency. And then he bookends it. What's the last thing he says in our verses, in our few verses? This world, as we currently see it, is passing away. Around that same time, maybe even that same session meeting, Jane Bates speaks up. Not only is it urgent, and I remember, Jane, you've met Jane. Everybody's met Jane. She's a crier, right? Has she cried in your presence? She cries all the time in my presence. She just has a soft and tender heart. I love that about her. Reminds me of my bride. My bride cries all the time, too. But she's on the verge of tears in the session meeting. She says, what we have to share is important. It's important. PCC, it's really important. 
Think of the most important thing that you have on your schedule this week. It's more important than that. Jesus says, put your eyes on the kingdom because the kingdom, it's, it's going to last forever. This world, it's got moths and it's got rust. It's going to destroy. It's going gonna, it's gonna to pass away. Paul is saying the same thing just in different words. This is really important information, men and women. This is really important information, Church of Corinth. This is really important information, PCC. N.T. Wright writes this. This passage resonates out from first century Corinth into all kinds of situations in subsequent periods of history in all other parts of the world. The Christian is not to be alarmed by the various turbulent things that happen in the world. Keep your eye on the football. I didn't, N.T. didn't say that. I say that. The present world will one day give way to the world that is to be. The world in which Jesus will have complete, completed his kingly work of defeating all hostile powers, including ultimately death. I think the application's straight up, right? This is the football. This is, this is the gospel. It's urgent. When's the last time you invited anyone to this place? Into this people group? When's the last time with the importance of how God saved you with that importance with the he reached into the mire and picked me out with that importance have you reached into the darkness and pulled anyone else out? We're bottlenecking. We're bottlenecking. We're spending too much time learning and equipping and not enough time walking. Get to it, PCC. Get to it, Jason Warren Griffiths. Get to it. Fill in your name. This is urgent. And it's important. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit. Impress upon our souls how urgent and important. You loving people through us is. Open our eyes to see. Open our ears to hear. Open our mouths to speak. And may your love radiate through us, O Lord. And all God's people said, let's let's sing abide.
continue in worship and continue to praise God that we ended 2023 in the black. Is that a miracle? Amen. I'm going to be singing about that for a while. I am so grateful um, that not only each and every one of this local outpost of God's kingdom gives, but they give cheerfully. You guys are full of joy as you give, and I say keep on going that direction. This morning, this morning's tithes, offerings, and gifts are now received. Um, last night, before I went to sleep, I read from my devotional app, Our Daily Bread. Um, uh, January 21st. In everything we look for pleasant ways of serving God, writes 16th century believer Teresa of Avila. She poignantly reflects on the many ways we seek to stay in control through easier, more pleasant methods than total surrender to God. We tend to slowly, tentatively, and even reluctantly grow to trust him with all of ourselves. And so Teresa confesses, even as we measure out our lives to you, Lord, a bit at a time, we must be content to receive your gifts drop by drop until we have surrendered our lives wholly to you. The song I'm about to sing is called Take Up Your Cross. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow. Come follow me, come follow me. Take up your cross and follow. Come follow me, come follow me. To save your life you lose, but to lose your life you win. Come and follow, come and follow, come and follow me. Jesus said, come and follow, come and follow, come and follow me, follow me. What goose is it for someone to gain the world yet lose their self? What goose is it for someone to gain the world but lose their self? Whoever is ashamed of me, the son of Jesus said, oh.
always liked the book of James, and so I have a passage for you from there this morning. Are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will rise them up, and any who have committed sins will be forgiven. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. And so we come here this morning interceding for those who are suffering, celebrating with those who are rejoicing, and asking God to raise up the sick and suffering. Pray with me. Loving God, you so love the world that you gave your only Son, Jesus, for its salvation. You have taught us to pray for all kinds of people in all kinds of circumstances. So hear us as we exercise the priestly role with which you have entrusted us. We are honored to be called your children, and as your children, We bring before you the concerns of our hearts for ourselves, our church, our communities, and our world. Hear us as we make our common prayer unto you. Teach us that in your providence you will care for our needs. Quiet fears within us when life does not happen according to our will. Help us to be less self-centered in our lives and more open to respond to your will for us. We seek to be your faithful disciples. Grant to your church the faith that can move mountains, and the wisdom and courage to share that faith with those who have not heard the good news. Continue to send your church to places without a house of prayer, with people in need of food and the basics of life to those touched by disaster, to the sick who have no medical care. We thank you for the Habitat for Humanity program, and we pray that it continues to grow and serve more and more communities. Bring help to all people as they have need, and open our eyes to see how we can be part of your plan. 
We are complaining about being so cold and how the rains are disrupting our lives. Yet there are many across the country suffering intense cold that we can't even imagine and major winter storms. We pray for those who do not have adequate warmth and shelter. May doors open to them for relief, and may they receive compassion from those who are more well-off. We pray for those who come to our church door seeking help daily. We ask your help to curb the many respiratory viruses and flus that are plaguing so many. Protect the vulnerable. Heal those infected, we pray. Grant to all who need it healing of body, mind, and spirit through the ministries of the church, the medical professions, and health care interventions. We give thanks that our friend Buzz is at home, and we ask that you give him relief and healing. Renew strength day by day and give healing and health to those who are absent from us because of illness or accident. Bring healing and pain relief to Bev Tobert and Ruth McCalmet as both are recovering from serious falls. Be with those who gather in self-help groups that they may achieve the recovery they seek. We pray for all whom society seems to have forgotten. We lift up to you those who deal with health concerns on a daily basis. We ask prayers for Sandy Corbett, Terry, Patty, Dick, Keith, Dusty, and Pam. Give them healing. Give them patience. Give them encouragement. Heal all whom we also name in our hearts. May the Christ grant healing to our bodies, as well as peace to our minds and heart. Almighty God, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, is the light of the world. May we, your people, illuminated by your word and sacraments, shine with the radiance of your glory, that he may be known worshipped, and obeyed to the end of the earth. For it is in his name that we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now I invite you to stand as we sing this wonderful hymn of encouragement. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine.
That's excellent. It's Donna's birthday. Everybody say happy birthday on three. One, two, three. Make sure you tell her how much you love her uh, after the service. Make sure you say hey to Chris Hoke. It's like Coke, but with an H. Chris Hoke. Um, take that extra step. Take that step with Habitat for Humanity. Um, and then Paul's message was a bit harsh this morning, right? We've been rattled a little bit. It's interesting. Tim, you wrote that song? Very similar message. Instead, if you don't want to hear my voice ringing out, rah, 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 let's do this. Um, take up your cross and follow me. Just say that. Just sing that like you were singing it. Take up your cross and follow. Right? Let's do Call and response. Take up your cross and follow. No, you call and then you respond. Have you ever had call and response? Okay, you say that. You lead us. Take up your cross and follow. Take up your cross and follow. Come follow me. Give myself a B plus. Give you guys an A. You guys A, A, A minus even. Maybe even A plus. Oh yeah. (laughs) Don't let the don't don't release the kraken yet. Okay. Uh, for now, just know that I, I, God is up to something. God is up to something. And receive this benediction in that truth. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, the shalom, the shalom, the wholeness, the home of God through Jesus Christ keep you today tomorrow and forevermore may it be so amen